Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey, Fetch. Hey, Fetch. Quiet. Quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude. Hey, Fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser? Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East? Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of a political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does, does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the Eye Live Primetime with your host, The Fetch. All right. Thank you very much for that, Mary, from Riyadh, the capital of Saudi Arabia. This is indeed The Fetch, and you are indeed listening to Inside the Eye Live Primetime. Today's date is Thursday, June the 23rd, 2022, and a good Thursday afternoon, early evening to all of you listening out there in the United States and Canada, and a good late Thursday evening to early Friday morning to all of you listening in European and Asian time zones, and of course, wherever you're listening out there on the World Wide Web or FM and Micro FM broadcasting outlets, may all be well with you and yours. It's uh, quite a hot summer day here, you know, actually very, very hot. Temperatures hit 111 degrees under sunny skies and very light breezes. It's been hot through the night with the temperature really remaining in the upper 90s up till midnight. It's currently sitting at 97 degrees, actually, uh, something like that. Maybe it's 94. Let me look. Yeah, it's come down a bit. Okay, 94 degrees at just after 1 in the morning, and we're going to be going down to an overnight low of 85 degrees uh, coming up in a few hours now. That, everyone, is essentially going to be the pattern for the foreseeable future with the temperatures perhaps a degree or two higher or lower, but trending towards getting higher as we start to get into the summer months here. Uh, but anyways... Uh, that's the nor- that's the norm. So I was talking to somebody out of California, not California, Texas today. Surprise, surprise! I was at a defense expo some time ago, and uh, some uh, CEO from some company remembered who remembered our group and called today. And so it was kind of fun to be able to talk to somebody back to the states. Uh, of course, can be very very hot in Texas also for those of you who know Texas very well. So it's not like we in Riyadh are unique here. Obviously, Phoenix and parts of Arizona, actually Arizona in totality. Nevada, of course. Uh, what do you call it? New Mexico and uh, the deserts out of California. It's all basically the same. So we can't complain too much. It's just the way it is. All right, everybody. Let's kind of get started. But let's first make our way over to the chat room, InsideTheEyeLive.com. That's InsideTheEyeLive.com. Check, 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 yeah, right. Click on, that's right, click on the live chat button. That will get you in the door. I'm actually working. Oh, you know what, guys? I'm going to shut this down for a brief second because I noticed I didn't plug in my battery. So if you'll bear with me just for... Uh, 20 seconds. I got to go plug this thing in or we're going to lose this show. So just be right back. You'll get about 20 seconds of silence. Hold on, please. 
All right, everybody, I'm back. Sorry about that. It would have been a very, very short show if I didn't uh, didn't notice that. Actually, what happens here is the the screen goes very, very dark when it starts to get low on battery. So it's kind of like an early warning sign. So, anyways, we are back. You can make your way over to the chat room now. I can make my way over to the chat room inside the iLive.com. You can then click on the live chat button. And uh, let's see. There you go. I'm trying to see what's going on there in the chat room now. Interesting. I'd like to hear more about what you guys are talking about, guys. So kind of expound on that, um, Mr. Blau Ocean. I'm just kind of curious. So anyways, uh, visit us in the chat room again inside the iLive.com. The telephone line will probably open it up fairly early, 323-275-1314. That's 323-275-1314. Uh, one three one four. Then we're gonna have an old-time friend, a guest coming by in the second hour. Briser from Ireland is gonna be coming by to share just whatever. Uh, just gonna be nice to kind of catch up with somebody that we haven't spoken to in quite some time. So we're gonna bring Briser in again at the seven o'clock hour. So uh, be ready for that. And uh, let's see. I don't want to hear that clicking from the chat room all the time. So there you go. That's it. And uh, join us again there in the chat room and in the telephone numbers. Okay. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Hello. First of all, I want to say hi to everybody out there in the Gab audience. Um, we've seen a lot of movement on Gab recently. And just want to say thanks. A lot of nice comments coming from people that are actually recognizing this show for what it is and over time has been. And so it's very nice to see that type of stuff. Guys, you know, when you're out there on the edge and you don't get a lot of public support because a lot of people perhaps don't want to support you because of your message, uh, they just don't want to be associated with it or whatever. It's really, really nice to get the nice words coming in from everybody. Sometimes, not sometimes, it's always welcome. So I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been commenting a little bit about Inside the Eye Live. Uh, the fact that they do recognize this show, not just so much this show, but the Saturday show for sure as being a pioneering show in this stream of media. Again, this is a... It's a fairly mature media now. It's been going on for past, what, 12 years or so. But, you know, Inside the Eye Live and, of course, the primetime show a bit later is really one of the pioneers in this type of uh, media. And nobody's really been doing it as long as I have. Not, I shouldn't say nobody, but very few people have been doing it as long as I have on the actual uh, what do you say, on the actual airwaves slash streaming media. So we just want to say thanks to everybody out there. All right, to catch you up a little bit on what's going on, of course, first of all, in the neocon Russian world, as you know, to those of us who are Americans, we're very familiar with the neocons. The neocons are essentially the rabid Kabad Lubavitch, oh, let's just say, uh, Russian, not Russian, Israeli settler movement, the Jared Kushners, the Donald Trump people inside of the U.S. Uh, political branches. And whether you want to call Trump a Kabad Lubavitcher, I'm not sure, but for sure 100% Jared Kushner is. That makes his daughter a Kabad Lubavitcher. And as we know, the United States Kabad Lubavitch movement is the movement behind 
the Noahide laws. Of course, we haven't talked about the Noahide laws, but that's been around and talked about for years and years and years. It basically is seven little rules for us Goyim. And if we don't follow what Jews tell us we're supposed to do, they get to behead everybody. Nice, wonderful people, those Jews, you know. Yeah, thank you very much. Moisha, okay, great, great stuff you got going over there. But you know, again, that's their philosophy. You know, you know, they're 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 the rulers of the world. They get to tell you what to do, and they they call that the Noahide laws. And of course, you can look into the Noahide laws. We're not going to do a show on the Noahide laws, but essentially, that is what is behind Ukraine. On the one hand, when you look at the Newlands, uh, the former ambassador, I think of. Uh, ambassador to Ukraine, Newland, or something like that. I don't think she was Secretary of State. Maybe he's a State Department official. I forget what her title was. But anyways, uh, these guys are absolutely rabid nutcases. And even in Israel, the Kabad Lubavitch, which is essentially the Benjamin Netanyahu, one of their blocks that supports Benjamin Netanyahu, even the people in Israel will tell you these guys are freaking nutcases, okay? So when you look at a Donald Trump Again, he did a really good job keeping us out of wars and things of that nature. And I, actually, he should be applauded for his foreign policy. But however, his foreign policy was directed such that Israel was always prominent front and center, second to the interest of the American people. You have to understand, in 9-11, the people who attacked the United States was the Kabad Lubavitch Jewish movement inside of America. It was the great neocon takeover. When they went into Iraq, this was all about the great neocon takeover. So you cannot, cannot put Israel first and foremost in your foreign policy and then claim to be MAGA because you're not. You're Israel first and foremost, and then MAGA would then come second. And that's the problem with American foreign policy under Trump. Now, again, you, there's a lot of great stuff that happened. Let's not kid ourselves. But on this one issue, we have to call out what it is for what it is. And that is the fact that Donald Trump was too much of a Kabad Lubavitch, Israel first, foreign policy type of guy. Well, where has that led us? It's led us to today in some ways. Because the people that Trump never reigned in, which were the neocons, are the ones working well within the deep state. And they're working, of course, to try to overthrow Putin. Like, how stupid is that? But they're doing it through a proxy war through Ukraine, which was going the entire time that Trump was in office. Now, there's people out there saying that Trump was just working with Putin to take down the deep state and all of this kind of cool stuff. All right, what the Russians have done with the biolabs, okay, you got a point there. Again, we want to be fair and open about this. Okay, you got a point on that one. However, you can't escape the fact that the neocons are still running American foreign policy. They're doing it through the deep state, which is through Biden. Trump never reined them in. They're still operating. They're strong as ever. And their Ukrainian venture is really bizarre because you see all these world leaders flying into to Ukraine or not really flying, but taking the trains into Ukraine. It's too dangerous to fly there. They're probably afraid the Ukrainians would shoot their own planes down. So they're taking these trains in. You see Macron, you see Stoltz, you see Draghi from uh, Italy. All these guys are coming to Ukraine. For what? You got basically a gay 
call him a faggot, whatever you want. I don't care what you want to call him. But Nutcase walks around in his high heels, all cute and, you know, you know how Jews like to play their LGBTQ game plus. And then you got like half his administration is nothing but Jewish actors or Jewish playwrights or Jewish entertainment lawyers. Ukraine is literally a Jewish hellhole. The entire country is essentially run by this Jewish block backed by the Kolomoyskis pretending to be a bunch of Nazis over there and yet it's all Jewish. The Ukrainian people are dying for Jews. Okay? The Russians are having to fight for Jews and some of the people will tell you, okay, fetch, but you're getting it wrong again. I'm like, what am I getting? You got to get this, man. And, and maybe they have a point. I'm just going to raise the issue. Putin is really a Kabad Lubavitcher, and he's working with the Kabad people, meaning the Kolomoyskis and the pro-Israel people inside of Ukraine, to just take out all the Slavs, and they're going to just then kind of mix it up and take over Ukraine all for themselves. Well, some people believe that, so, and, and, and who knows? Maybe it's true, but you know what? I don't think so. Personally, I don't think so. I really do think that this is a national security issue, first and foremost, for the Russian Federation. You do have a group of neocons that have taken over the Ukraine in what was a color revolution in 2014. They did for sure, and have for sure, sought to destroy and take over, or let's say recapture the Russian Federation after the fall of the the. Soviet Union in 1991, and, and of course the rise of the nationalists and some of the Putin people going in since 1996 or so. What a lot of people don't know is Putin is actually a moderate. Putin has to satisfy his political block, and he is surrounded by nationalists that are extremely virulent. In other words, they are for Russia. They want to just go in and destroy everything tomorrow. They don't want to take it slow. They want to do it now. And, and if Putin has to, has to manage that side of the political spectrum in Russia, there's no doubt about that, too. You know, inside of Ukraine, really the updates right now inside of Ukraine, you have all these leaders this week, Stoltz, Macron's gone there, and uh, Draghi, and who knows who else have, have gone over to to visit this this stupid moron that they call Zelensky. Everyone's saying in the unit in the press. I saw like Deutsche Welle and some of the Telegraph or something, but I believe the Germans came out with like Stoltz shows he's standing firm with Ukraine and Ukrainians. I'm like no, you just are paying homage to a literal flaming fruit nut case guy by the name of Zelensky. You're prostrating yourself before the Jewish LGBTQ agenda. You have nothing to do with your own people in Germany. You're just basically worshiping Jews. Well, good, yay, put your, put your hands together, everybody. Well, it's not working out very well. First of all, there's public opinion. As you know, the Jewish media, mainstream media, the fake news, whatever you want to call it, legacy media, They've been on a 24-7 propaganda campaign to convince all of us who are in the West that Putin is the bad guy. Everything is Putin's fault. You know what? 
I fell down on my bike yesterday, and that's Putin's fault because I was watching Putin, and I tried to emulate Putin. I fell down. It's Putin's fault. Everything is Putin's fault. It's the grain issue. It's Putin's fault. If it's gas, it's Putin's fault. If it's high prices in America, it's Putin's fault. They call it the Putin price increase or something, some stupid thing like that. Well, here's now the latest news coming out. The media, let's just say their propaganda campaign has an 11% success rate right now. In other words, only about 11% actually blame Putin for all the problems going on in the West. So Jewish media, legacy media, the fake news, whatever you want to call it, is having zero effect on the American people. Why is that a good thing? Because let's face it. You cannot go and fight a major war unless you have the people behind you. And the people have absolutely zero interest right now in entertaining the stupid geopolitical follies of our brilliant strategists from the goyim-killing Jewish crowd. Yeah, you know, we're just not interested. That's a great thing. So it's going to be very difficult to start a major war in Europe because, frankly, the Western European and American populations have zero interest in all of this. And, all, and what's happening in Ukraine right now is absolutely disastrous. This, this t- yesterday, just today, actually, what's being called the Zelote, what is this, Zelote Hursky? Yeah, Zelote Hursky front collapsed, absolutely collapsed overnight, last night. It was basically collapsing as of yesterday. It's completely closed. Major cauldron over at least 1,000 soldiers, perhaps as many as 2,500 soldiers, were essentially surrounded, and everything has been collapsed already. You have different Russian media channels already inside of these cities, inside of this various area. So this major front that was operating, one of the key fronts inside of Ukraine, has now collapsed. We're predicting that. A lot of people are predicting that, that essentially the main front lines of Ukraine, which is some of their top soldiers, is about ready to entirely collapse. That's actually good. We don't want to see a lot of killing, guys. We don't want to see a lot of people dying for what is essentially a bunch of Jews. It's better for everybody that the Ukrainians just surrender, stop worshiping Jews, stop dying for Jews, Demand that the Jews running your country are held responsible. Demand their execution if you must. After all, they just killed off a ton of Ukrainians for no reason other than what? To protect Jewish interests inside of the Ukraine. So with everything collapsing over there, the West decided to do what? They decided to blockade Kaliningrad. Now, Kaliningrad, as you know, is this little outpost, used to be part of Prussia, used to be part of Germany. It basically is bordered by Poland, Belarus, and Lithuania. And the fastest way into Russia is to go through Lithuania, and then into Estonia, and then into Russia proper. And it's about a 340, 360-kilometer trip. Well, this week, the European Union, in their genius strategic sense here, they decided to go ahead and blockade all train shipments coming into Kaliningrad, effectively creating an act of war and blockading Russia and proper, the territory of Russia proper. Now, why, why you say, well, they should be able to do this? It's all this sanction stuff. No, not really, because what happened here was that back in 1991, when Estonia, Lithuania, 
and uh, Latvia were granted their independence. They were actually granted their independence by Russia. But part of the treaty that granted that independence was that there would remain an open rail corridor to supply Kaliningrad. Well, effective this week, the Lithuanians, with this ever-genius idea of following those Jewish geniuses in Europe, they decided to blockade the rail traffic. So now we have a situation where Kaliningrad is blockaded. And we got what? This is the head of the Baltic fleet for the Russians. So you've got a ton of hardware there, meaning military equipment there. It's entirely blockaded. But here's the thing. Those trains, when you think about it, they come from Russia. It's Russian material, Russian goods, whatever the case may be. It's not leaving any territory. It's on a train that is essentially like an airplane. It's Russian territory. And now the Lithuanians have decided to go ahead and blockade Russian territory. And I don't know how you can look at this other than this is an act of war by the Lithuanians. Now, is something going to happen tomorrow? No, a lot of people are saying, oh, World War II is going to start. Oh, my gosh. No, World War III is not going to start. It's just not going to start. What's going to happen? The Russians are going to deal with the issue, like intelligent, mature Adults, unlike our Jewish masters here in the West that act like a bunch of petulant little stupid children, all right? So they're going to solve the issue. They're going to solve Ukraine. But here's the thing. These Jews that are running American foreign policy today are so stupid. They don't understand the totality of the geopolitical game in play. Or they really do. And they're just trying to stave off the fact that they're about to be shown up on the world stage as some of the biggest complete losers in the history of mankind because they have had all the advantages in the world and in the end of it, what did they leave everybody but nothing but tattered messes and that is the Jewish story. People don't really want to believe that but think about it. Everywhere that we have watched the Jewish people rise to power and really start to manage and control economies. When it's all said and done, everything is destroyed. But Jews will say, we're so smart, we're so rich. Well, now you start to understand how they get rich. They put themselves into these key positions of power, and then what do they do? They rape, burn, and pillage the host countries till it gets so bad that they must be literally forced out of, their, out of the midst of where they are. They must be excised. And we're at that situation today. Why do you think it might be just kind of guess? Why is it that they rolled out the vaccine so fast? Maybe because they want you dead. Why do you think they want to take away in America all of your ability to self-defense. Maybe because the Jewish people, their politicians, their NGOs, they've done what they're doing to America today. They've done it hundreds of times in their history and they know the outcome. Eventually, it is a violent blowback against their totalitarian systems. There was always a statement out there, you know, the 
the, the tree of liberty sometimes has to be uh, fed by the blood of tyrants. And one has to wonder if we're getting closer and closer and closer to that day. We will see. Big, serious summer coming up. Ukraine is absolutely collapsing. In fact, we'll talk a little bit more about Ukraine after the break. We have about a minute to go in the segment. Just want to cover a few more things on that situation there. Then we're going to move on, I think, over to a little bit on Sri Lanka, some of these other failures going on, a little bit of commentary on what it is really like now here on planet Earth when the unvaccinated no longer run the world. Let's face it, this world is being run by, quote-unquote, the vaccinated. And what a world we have, huh? Anyways, more right after this. Briser at the top of the hour. It's the Fetch inside the iLive primetime back right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch Thursday afternoon for a lot of you out there in the United States. Of course, it's uh, early Friday morning to those of us here in the Middle East, really Moscow time zones, I think also. No, I don't think so. I don't think for Western Europe, at least maybe Germany. No, it's not. No, I think just Moscow. <laughs> I think just Moscow. Uh, we're sharing the same time as Moscow. So, okay. It's uh, it's early Friday morning in Moscow. So everywhere else, uh, except for, of course, those of you listening in Australia, it is, uh, again, Thursday. So good after th- good afternoon, good evening. All right. Where's my thing here? There it is. All righty. Let's see. We were first. It's listener sponsored, supported radio. Let's get out. Get that out of the way. So again, uh, again, if if you appreciate the show, what can I say, man? As long as we're here, we ask that you support the network. We're, we we burn up the bandwidth. I know we burned up quite a bit, <clears throat> and we burn up resources. So again, we are using the studio to get our word out. We do not pay for that. The studio pays for that. And that makes it listener-sponsored and supported. So whatever you can do to get the word, to get the uh, studio and the, the volunteers and whatever it takes to make this na- network work, uh, that <clears throat> that uh, obviously takes some money. So whatever you can do to support the network. We seriously appreciate it. Uh, make your donations or your private sponsorships on behalf of uh, Inside the iLive, Inside the iLive Primetime. That's always a great thing. Of course, if you want to catch all of the archives of any of the shows here i think we've got like 83 different talents here now operating here on the network you can catch those uh through freedomslips.com go into the archives and then uh, uh all the directions are right there everything is free for you to use so if you want to catch anything at all make sure you just go check it out freedomslips.com and then check on the archives i believe also you can get to it get to everything through revolution.radio all right, so we just want to remind you, top of the hour, Bryzer from Ireland is going to be here. That's going to be kind of fun. Looking forward to speaking with Bryzer. I haven't spoken to Bryzer in probably, my goodness, maybe a year. You know, time flies. <laughs> Literally, time, time, time kind of flies here. You know, the United States, uh, let's see, Germany, Poland, of course, France, they've been giving a lot of these heavy weapons over to the Ukrainians. And one of the top pieces out there surprisingly is actually made by the french and it's called their caesar platform well word is leaked out that the russians they actually were able to capture two of those platforms and they've actually sent those back into the russian federation to where they have some of their repair centers let's say manufacturing centers and they are now looking to reverse engineer 
the Caesar, the French Caesar system. The French Caesar system is actually, at this point in time, the most powerful system in Ukraine. I don't know. I think they gave around six, and the Russians captured two of them in perfect condition. So you go figure how smart this is to give away a ton of weapons to a Jewish-run country that is probably one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Hello, who runs it? And and then, you, of course, you're basically giving your technology away and everything else. Of course, if you do want to go on the dark web, and no, I do not encourage you to do this, but uh, all of our weaponry that we are, not all, but a good percentage, a fair percentage anyways, of the weaponry we are giving out to the Ukrainians is now making its way onto the dark market, the black market. You can buy some of these in-laws, some of these anti-tank weapons for a mere $30,000, that's it. If you got $30,000 to spend, you can buy. And, of course, don't think for a second that this isn't being handled by some of the Jewish black marketeers out there because they're the ones with the most direct channel to actually acquiring this stuff. So don't be surprised at all if that is indeed what is happening out there. You know, a lot of people think that Putin is working with Zelensky. I personally, I, I honestly, I don't think so. But people do believe it, and they're happy to believe it. And, and again, I'm not here to criticize anybody. I just don't think so. Now, we had the SPIF, which is the St. Petersburg International Economic Forum, just last week. And really, some of the stuff Putin was talking about is essentially an end for the most part. Now, not for us in the West, because remember, we are under still the stranglehold this totalitarian agenda of this Noahide, Kabad, Lubavitch, Jewish totalitarian system. That's the key pyramid in the West. Of course, that goes into your banking systems, the Federal Reserve, uh, down through the, the regulatory agencies, the FDA, the CDC, the Department of Justice, and all these others, which are essentially occupied institutions for us in the West. But when you think about it, when the United States won the Cold War, if you want to call it that, in 1991, we were expecting this great peace dividend. And as Putin said in his speech, he actually called the Americans, and that's not us, of course. Us Americans know this is the leaders, our quote-unquote leaders, our Jewish control, um, I don't know what you want to call it, Jewish, just call them leaders. They're not leaders, of course. But he said they, that the United States declared themselves messengers of God on earth. Well, in my mind, that's a direct statement that deals with Jewish ideological thinking. How many of you who are not Jewish have ever seen yourself as messengers of God? Now, I know somebody maybe in the Christian far right might think so. But as a general rule, what ethnic group in America with enough power within the institutions of state view themselves as messengers of God on earth? Well, there's only one, and it's called the Jewish bloc. So essentially, you have Putin calling out the Jewish bloc, straight up. Quoting here to him, he says, these truly revolutionary tectonic changes in geopolitics, the global economy, in the technological sphere, in the entire system of international relations are fundamental, pivotal, and inexorable. 
And it is a mistake to suggest that one can wait out the times of turbulent change and that things will return to normal, that everything will be as it was. It will not. Well, we kind of know that now in, in many ways. What we've seen in America is what? A totalitarian, some will call it communitarianism. I'll bring that word up because there is some truth to that. Others will say communist. Others will just say Judaism or Jewish Bolshevism. Takeover of the United States. Everything about this takeover of the United States has Jewish fingerprints all over it. Everything. America is under the thumb of international Jewish banksters, international Jewish gangsters, plain and simple. They play for keeps. If you haven't figured it out yet, they play for keeps. They want you dead. They basically shut you down for years and years, literally two years basically. They shifted 2.1 some odd plus trillion dollars to their own pockets. They basically said every single one of you has to get quote unquote vaccinated with this Jewish product. And now we're watching people drop like flies. I was watching some videos. I want to go travel, right? Country says you need to get your One Health passport. You need to get your vaccine certificates. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do everything. Because you know what? We Jews, that's the way we roll. And we got our agents in all our countries all over the world. And, and they take orders from us. So you got to take your vaccines. Otherwise, you can't come to our country. And I was thinking to myself, you know, you got these ignorant, stupid kids 20-something, 30-something. Nothing personal to those of you who are 20 or 30, but we got a lot of stupid, ignorant ones within your crowd. It's not just the boomers, all right? And they're so cheerful. Oh, just get your vaccination. You can come. But here's the thing. When the unvaccinated ran the world, we didn't hear about the concept of died suddenly when the unvaccinated were running the world. But now that the vaccine cult, because it's a global phenomenon, there's a lot of true believers out there. They truly believe in the safety and efficacy of this vaccine. The difference is, is that now that they've taken over the world, because they have, let's be honest, the vaccine cult took over the world. It's at a kind of a top-level view. It goes higher than that, of course. But let's just call it this for what it is. It's observable. The vaccine cultists took over planet Earth. And what has happened since then? The term died suddenly is normal. And I'm like wanting to talk to these 20-somethings and 30-somethings that are so pro-vaccine. I'm like, you know what? I know you're kind of young and you don't probably have any recollection of the days before. But when the unvaccinated were running this planet, you didn't hear the term died suddenly all the time. It just wasn't out there. It didn't happen. It only started to happen when you vaccine cultists took over the planet. And sure enough, it happens. And another thing, we didn't have myocarditis and heart attacks in teenagers and nine-year-olds when the unvaccinated were running the planet, but now that you vaccine cultists have started to run the planet and took everything over, we got nine-year-olds dying from heart attacks. That never happened until you vaccine cultists took over the planet. 
but it gets worse. When we unvaccinated ran this planet, we respected your right to take that vaccine. We didn't tell you you can't travel because you're vaccinated. Because the fact of the matter is, the term died suddenly only applies to you people who are part of the vaccine cult. But you didn't see us saying you can't travel around the world, even though you're a cultist, and we know you pose a risk. We don't say to the vaccinated, you know what? You're not allowed to go outside anymore because you're vaccinated. You're not allowed to drive your car anymore because you're vaccinated. And the fact of the matter is, that probably should be happening. We should probably be preventing anybody with a vaccine of this mRNA variant from ever getting behind the wheel of a car until you prove to us, prove to us the unvaccinated, that you're safe to get in that car. But it turned it around, the vaccinated cult, now we didn't do that, did we? But the vaccinated cult wants to turn things around and say, you can't even go into the mall unless you first take our product. So what does that tell us about the vaccinated as a general group? Clearly, they're selfish. They're totalitarian. They're unthinking. They're stupid. And they're a death cult. It's plain and simple. Those who are truly believers and behind all of this crap and nonsense are part of a vaccine death cult. They call us vaccine skeptics. No, we are not part of your vaccine cult. We are not cultists. We don't blindly follow all of you cultists to your deaths. Haven't you heard? And I'm thinking this might be a good way to start approaching these people. You know, when the unvaccinated, you don't have to say you're vaccinated or not, right? You just say to them, you know what, when the unvaccinated were running this planet, we didn't have everybody dying suddenly. It only started when you vaccinated people started running the planet. But here's the good thing. There's no other way to do this than to wait things out, play the time game. Because you know what, you're not, if you're unvaccinated, you ain't going to die suddenly from the vaccine. Duh. But we see a ton of people, nine out of 10 people in Canada right now that are dying, are dying fully vaccinated. 90% of the people dying right now in Canada are part of the vaccine death cult. Only the most intelligent, perhaps others, the less that you say emotionally tugged, avoided this nonsense. And what's happening today is that the vaccinated in our Western world are literally dropping like flies. It's estimated in America today, half a million people have already been killed by this vaccine, by these Jews who are running our country, who took over the country, collaborated with Trump to get this thing into play, and then unleashed it on the American people. There was a protest in Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf is a good city, big city in Germany, but not all that big. They had a protest. Everybody brought pictures, something like, I don't know, maybe a two by two 
our 18 by 24 inch picture maybe is a bit bigger than that and they put them on sticks as a protest of everybody whose loved ones have died from this Jewish death jab. The protest, which was basically signage only, silent homage to those who have died, went almost beyond what the eye could see. And that's just in Dusseldorf. And then you watch these idiots, these young, stupid, moronic flakes getting up there and trying to tell everybody, oh, you can come to our country if you're vaccinated. It's like, do you not understand at this stage, two years into this thing, that it's killing people by the tens of thousands and you're still playing this stupid game that is not a game? These people who are behind this, these Jewish companies, you don't know these Jews. Half of you aren't Americans. You don't even understand what's going on. You don't have the long history we have with these freaking nutcases. They're psychopaths. They hate the American people. They hate literally anything that is European. And I would not be surprised at all that the product they engineered for the Americans, for the Germans, for the Italians, for the British, for the French, etc., was genetically manipulated. After all, it is mRNA. It's a genetic bioweapon specifically targeting Western Europeans. And they're not done there. That's the sad part. They're simply not done. They don't stop. They want now every single child born in America. It is like... It is almost like I'm listening to a Talmud slash Torah story. And it goes something like this. Because you have done this to my people, I'm going to kill every single one of your children. Kind of sounds like Exodus, doesn't it? The story of Exodus and how Jews were and their Passover and all their all the firstborn was killed by the Jews and their God. Yay! I remember watching listening to a Dodger game. That's basically what happened on a Passover. Some freaking nutcase rabbi gets on after the game, after the Dodgers won. Yeah, yeah, you know, Ross, it's it's kind of like what Yahweh or GD did to the Egyptians. He smoked those Egyptians. Yeah, you freaking worsh- death-worshipping cult. You disgusting piece of crap. But that's kind of that's what's happening. Think about it. You're watching a modern-day Exodus story in slow motion. It's not that it's not that GD came down and killed all the firstborn. It's like the Jews themselves as agents of GD have decided to go ahead and kill all your kids. They're going to they're going to just go ahead and use their media. They're going to propagandize you. They're going to they're going to get you to believe in everything. Oh, hey, yes, we got to go protect our children. Nothing better than Jewish pharmaceuticals. Praise Yahweh, praise GD. And what you're watching is an Exodus story in real modern time. They're literally Killing your firstborn, your secondborn, your thirdborn, and they're laughing. And you can see them behind the scenes with their little smiles. And they're, 
rubbing their hands together because not only are they killing your firstborn, but they're making tens of billions of dollars to do it. And they know it. They're literally reliving the book of Exodus in real time where now they get to play God and they get to kill all the firstborn. You know, a lot of parents seem to be taking a wait-and-see attitude when it comes to their children. What can you say to ease their concerns about getting this vaccine for the little one? Yeah, good morning, Gail. First of all, thanks for having me back. Um, what I would say to folks and what I've been saying is, you know, these vaccines have been thoroughly tested. Uh, millions of children uh, above the age of five have gotten these vaccines. They're exceedingly safe. And we expect confidence in these vaccines to build over time in this population. And so what I've encouraged parents to do is talk to their family physician, talk to their pediatrician, their pediatrician you know, the people who take care of their kids, and have that conversation. And I think over time we're going to see a majority of parents ending up getting their uh, children protected with these vaccines. How common has COVID been in the little guys, number one? And number two, um, if, the, if you've already had COVID as a child, should you still get this vaccine? Yeah, so it, COVID has been quite common in children. Actually, we think maybe almost 70 percent of kids have ended up getting infected with COVID. Still worth getting the vaccine. It really offers an extra level, level of protection, an extra layer of protection. Uh, what vaccines do is they keep kids out of the hospital. And that's why they are so effective. And everybody deserves And what do you notice about this? It's just exodus in slow motion. Using spells, delivery, timing, practice words, practice delivery. Don't worry. 70% of the kids have already gotten, they've been fine. So it's going to keep them out of the hospital. But you know what? It's not. It's going to kill them. A good percentage, slowly but surely, will die. Some instantly, some within weeks, some within months. It's not going to keep them out of the hospital unless you call putting them six feet under a great way to keep people out of the hospital. This is going to be like the hand of GD waving its hand across the land and all the firstborn of the Egyptians, which is really now the Americans, the Germans, the Irish, the Swedes, etc. Their children are going to die in this great, great catastrophe brought to you by the same people who brought to you the Passover. This gentleman who was speaking, he's not white. He is an Indian. He is the lead inside of the Biden administration, Dr. J.H.A. I don't know if they call him Yah, but it kind of sounds like Yah, doesn't it? Dr. Yah or Yah. He's not white. He's Indian. Is he, is he racially motivated? Is he paid by Jewish groups to simply deliver the message? What we do know is he's not looking out for the white population of the world. So we must assume that his actions are, are motivated by hatred and greed, and he wants to kill the American people. You talk about a dark MAGA? Listen, you little punk doctor, how about this? We remove, we remove, effective two years ago, every ounce of immunity that you psychopathic flakes pretend to enjoy right now, and let's see how your game starts to play. How does that sound? We get to sue you. We get to sue your advisors. We get to put you out on the street. We get to have families actually hang you 
If, you're, if their kids die based on your experience here and your words. Are you still going to be this big, brave guy on television? No. You're going to be a little snake coward that goes shriveling away. And that's where the American people need to start taking this. Those who are openly calling for the mass murder of the American people via the vaccine must be seen as just that. The same thing as an intruder that comes into your house and tries to kill you while you're in your house. The difference is they're doing it through technology. MRNA. Brizer's coming up next inside the iLive Prime Time. Back right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's the fetch, man. Uh, it's uh, t- officially two in the morning here. It's kind of early. I don't know if it's early or it's late. I did try to take a nap today, everybody. It wasn't very successful, but uh, I tried. I tried, but uh, unfortunately, I've got I've got some good energy and I'm in a good mood. That's because we got a good friend, old friend here coming to join us. And he goes by the name of Brizer. He was on a couple shows, the Graham Hart Show with Brizer, and then he had his own show called The Brizer Show. And it used to debut or appear on uh, grism.blogspot.com. I'm not sure whatever happened to that show, but Brizer, welcome back. Of course, Brizer's in Ireland, everybody, in case you don't know. So we're going to be a little bit Irish centric today. But Brizer, hi, welcome back. Long time no talk, man. How you been? Yeah, hi, Dennis. Yeah, uh, good early morning to you. It's just after midnight here. But, um, yeah, good to hear from you again, man. It's been a while. Been a while. while. Figured it was a good time to start bringing you back. You know, you've got a lot of problems Mm -hmm. in Ireland and just want to catch up with what's happening. First of all, have you heard? I mean, you were closer than we were. Whatever happened to Graham? Have you ever heard what happened to Graham Hart? I'm sure people Right, Greg, I think a lot of people notice that anyway. Graham has been allowed out for four days, allowed home for four days every month since February. And I've talked to him since he's been home and quite a few times, actually. And he's doing okay. Uh, obviously, he'd rather not be there. I think his main problem inside there is boredom. He's bored out of his head, to be quite honest with you. Um, he's there. He's mingling with... Um, murderers and bank robbers and god knows what uh, and he gets on okay with them actually he just uh, you know he found that most of these guys just took a wrong turn in life and uh, you know he that's just the kind of way it is he's the only what you call political prisoner on his wing um but it's one of these uh, low security kind of prisons where people go you know just before they get released type of thing you know so it's been guys who've served maybe 20 years or so are, are people, and they're being let out. Does he mention like are people like astounded that that's actually why he's put in there because of? Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're absolutely surprised. You know, you're for for speaking. You're in here for speaking. Like they're 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 amazed by that. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. they were put in before <laughs> so, all of this uh, political correctness nutcase stuff started to happen. So literally, I yeah. would imagine because uh, I I did. I'll admit I spent a short time in in also. Uh, not long, mm-hmm. but because uh, they were trying to get me on something, I actually ended up getting everything dropped. But uh, it was not easy. And I'll tell you, I, I went in and, yeah, it's a, it's a tough business. You know what I mean? But everybody goes through it. You know, unfortunately, no, you haven't yet. Yeah, but uh, a, that's just the way he is. He's just, um, 
keeping his head down. He's not causing any trouble. And oh, um, I, dude, I didn't do that. I he, caused so much trouble. The the freaking authorities were on my case. They were shipping me right. everywhere they could just to get rid of me, man. It was yeah. like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in certain areas, yeah, you do have to keep your you keep your head under. But uh, yeah, same thing yeah. is that once people understand what you're doing and why why things are happening, uh, people are astounded. So I would assume that uh, he's met made a lot of friends actually because yeah, yeah, they can't does. believe it. It's yeah, like what the hell are you doing here for that? Because Jews don't like what know, you said. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Basically, well, great to hear he's so, doing uh, well. At least, at least he's getting out and getting some fresh air. He's got. Uh, Four days a month now, huh? Four days a month. He's allowed to go home. He's on electronic tag. Um, and he just goes home to rest because he, he's got a nice soft bed he can go to home to. His, his wife is good, good wife that she is, making some very good food. And, he's, you know, because he said the food in there is crap. He has to lie in a hard bed. He, the good news is that he was on these medications. You might know, you might remember, Dennis, he was on these mm-hmm. sleeping pills and antidepressants. He's off them. But he still needs painkillers, and he's, the painkillers he's getting in there are not great. So he's uh, he's got a lot of pain in his legs, um, and they won't give him anything that that helps. You now, know, I understand because, that Alison Chablot also was re-entered in. It's like yeah. they just—they are like maniacal. They just—they—they like like uh, you know a dog that bites you and you just can't shake them loose type of thing, because you know Allison mm-hmm. has been just fighting just this nonsense for so long. I feel for it, yeah. actually. You know what I mean? It's it's what's going yeah. on is criminal itself. To be honest with you, this mm-hmm. is just an abuse of authority to just make a point. And all you're making a point to those of us on the outside is you guys really yeah. need to be dealt with, regardless of what yeah. you you think. This is yeah. just not right. All right, let's move over then to Ireland. Uh, there's a big story uh, coming out that you Irish are just not being polite enough to all these Ukrainian refugees and you got to start opening your house. And I think your prime minister politely said, Oh no, I can't open up my house because I'm so far away. So what's going on with the refugee crisis up there in Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, uh, allegedly, I don't know what the figures are, but there's about uh, 20,000 Ukrainians are here. Now, I'm hearing some different things. I'm hearing a lot of them actually want to go home again because they, a lot of them are you know, women and children who want to go back and see their families. A lot of them are from Western Ukraine, and, of course, nothing much is happening in Western Ukraine. So a lot of them are thinking, you know, we go back because they're here. They're in a different country. They can't speak the language. And they're, they're pretty much being put up in hotels and B&Bs and all the rest of it. And that's having a very detrimental effect on, uh, on our tourist industry here, Dennis, particularly this time of year. You know, we've got a huge tourist industry in this country and it's been really affected by this because you, you literally cannot get a hotel room now. And if you're lucky enough to get one, you're looking at, you know, in Dublin, you're looking at about three or four hundred euros a night for just an ordinary hotel room. I mean, it's crazy. So, um, yeah, and then the, you know, you know, the the. There was, you know, when the whole Ukraine-Russia conflicts started, there was Ukraine flags everywhere, and then the government said, oh, you're going to have to put them up in your houses. Those Ukraine flags came down pretty quickly after that. <laughs> okay, good. Because uh, nobody was going to do that, right? And that hasn't worked out. So, But the government is still pushing it. We've got a bunch of gangsters running this country, Dennis. It's as simple as that. They don't care. They, they actually even said that, you know, we have to have an unlimited amount of Ukrainians can come in. And not just Ukrainians, anyone. Right, we're we're just opening the borders and we're letting them in. 
So these guys are traitors. They, they, you know, they'll be dealt with in time when once we sort all this stuff out. I hope, you know. But this, this is what's it's criminal. What's going on? And our country has been literally destroyed now. They're saying, oh, we have to build all these houses. So they're going out into the countryside and they're building these uh, Agenda Twenty One Gulag apartment complexes. You know these. Uh, shoebox apartments for for all these people uh but there's also going to be for the irish people they want to get people off the land or making it more difficult for people living in rural areas now to make a living farmers are struggling fuel prices are going through the roof so yeah it's going to come to a head at some point um and i really want to you know i've talked to quite a few people since this whole covid nonsense all kicked off and since everything is eased off everything's eased off pretty much now there's no restrictions here anymore but um i've talked to quite a few people and they realize i think that they've been conned you know but the thing is if the government pushes enough fear on people again will they do the same this is this the same thing again this is this is what i'm worried about you know i i, I still have yet to see people saying we're not going to do this anymore I, I'm, I'm, you know, a few people have said it, but not, not enough. And that's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. I, how's the you situation know? then with the media? Because in America, uh, we have everybody from tier one, let's say a Bannon on down, you know, I'm tier maybe four or five, maybe higher, I don't know, but you know what I mean? So many of us are working so hard to disrupt and destroy this agenda. And so in America, mm -hmm. we have, you know, some very good, bright people from Edward Dowd to Naomi Wolf to Lara Logan. Um, and then, of course, the talent that's that's been working this for the past two years plus. Uh, I, I feel OK about America. If they try it again, we're basically going to tell them to take a flying leap. Uh, do you have any media working over there? to help get the word out or is it basically kind of like a, a desert and it's just no voices out there um the mainstream media is completely controlled and it's completely of course 100%. we know that we know that so okay, now, now um, do you have anybody else but there, are, there is um there is one news outlet there it's mainly online it's called gripped.ie g-r-i-p-t.ie i don't agree with everything they say there could be controlled opposition but they do put out some good stuff and uh they do challenge the, the narrative. So there is something there. There's a couple of parties as well, the National Party and the Irish Freedom Party who, who've come on quite a bit, you know, in the last few years, and they're making ground. So there's things are happening. You know, there's um, a lady here, Gemma O'Doherty, she has this anti-corruption Ireland uh, thing going where she's uh, producing a paper called the Irish Light and people, volunteers are putting newspapers into people's homes, telling them the real story, what's going on, particularly with regards to the whole COVID nonsense and the vaccines, and but, but everything else as well, you know. So the word is getting out. Um, it's just how people react to it now is the thing. And I think this is what's needed. I think we need to be focused on uh, <clears throat> the basic issues which are affecting people, which is like, can you put food on the table? Uh, work, you know, what, you know, is your job, you're going to lose your job or how is it affecting your kids, you know, suicide rates are obviously are still very high, this type of stuff. I think this, if we concentrate on that, we can really make a bit of a difference and then we can, that's the first layer and then we can go on to like who's behind all of this, you know, 
because people people really don't have a clue. Talk to if I talk to people about Jews, Dennis, they they, they just switch off completely, right? I've tried it; it just it doesn't work. But if you're talking about the the basic issues about stuff, they listen to you. So I think that's where we need to start with the normies, you know. So my show is a little bit too uh, too too out there for the uh, for the Irish community. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, for for people who are, who are you know uh, who have a good idea of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. But your show helps bring it on, you know. But once they 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 need to figure out what's going on at the very basic level and the fact that the, you know their governments are trying to kill you. Correct. That's yeah. it. Yeah, it really is coming down to that. I think that's the statement we need to yeah. say. The, the government's writ are trying to kill people, plain and simple. Yeah, and they'll do it. What you know, it's it's by stealth and whatever, and sticking poison into your arms, and all well, the rest are starving you out. How how is the story on the street with the COVID vaccine? Do you have like we have in America every day? Somebody died suddenly. Uh, a lot of people oh, coming yeah. out. Is this gonna? Is this making big news subsurface or surface? Oh, it is. Yeah, and you can see by the statistics as well. It's, it's, it ties up with the statistics from around the world. Since the rollout of the jabs, uh, people have been dropping dead all over the place. And in fact, I, I had a very sad story last week. A very good friend of mine I've known since school. I haven't seen him since before the whole lockdown. But he's a good guy, you know, he was a bit left of centre, but he was awake, he had no time for the government or any of that stuff. And any time I had a chat with him over a few beers, he, he listened to what I said, you know. And sadly now he's gone, he, he took the jab. Um, and the only reason why he did it was because of work, you know. You know, um, the, pressured into it. Yeah, that just upsets me to no end, you know, that these, these yeah. employers think they have a right to kill you. You want to you want to yeah. work? Okay, take a chance. If you if you don't die, okay, you can have the job. Yeah, and that's literally what they're so, saying. Yeah, and it's sad, you know. I've known this guy for well over forty years, forty five years, fifty years even, like uh, since you know primary school, and I've known him well. And it was like a real shock when when he died, you know. And like five weeks ago, he was fine, absolutely fine, not a problem with him. And then he just started feeling sick, and they diagnosed him with liver cancer. But then I found out that he had blood clots in his lungs. I says, "Well, that's a job, you know." Yeah, it's hundred percent a job. Yeah, at this stage, yeah. died suddenly should basically be said dead by the vaccine, and, and just let's cut to the that's chase right. and, and yeah. just start taking. I'm seeing ambulances all over the place here as well, you know, going around, you know. So. So, yeah, it's the same as everywhere else, Dennis, to be quite honest. Okay. You know, it's, it's it has to be scene, hammered. You know? this, we have no choice. We have to hammer this and, and really take down this cult because we are being run over by a cult, a death cult, yeah. which I call the vaccine cult. And it's a death cult. I mean, ever since they've come to power, uh, all we have seen is death and despair. Seriously, since mm-hmm. all of them came to power, they are a death cult. And it's time to just call them out for what they are, a vaccine death cult, and they want to kill everybody. They want you dead. Mm-hmm. Go over to the U.K. now. Of course, you've got the Ukrainians, 20,000 or so strong there. What's the read on U.K. politics? I know it's not Irish politics, but with Boris uh-huh. Johnson, and, of course, he survived that no-confidence vote. But what's the papers? What's the... I guess the street about uh, Boris Johnson and the government over there. Is this thing going to fall? Oh, hey, that's, 
That's loud. That wasn't good. Let's run out to the phones real quick, though. I'm going to have to turn that thing down. Okay. Uh, 281 area code. Hi. Welcome to Inside the Ally Primetime with Bryzer. Yes, hello. Uh, I hope I'm not interrupting. You want me to call back. Well, you're on so. now, dude. It's you better first... make it good. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I assume you are. Yes, sir. Get off the pot, right? That's right, dude. Hey, uh, uh, Bryzer, thank you for giving us the update on, on Graham Hart. I've been wondering that myself, what his status was. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. And I'm yeah, just wondering, uh, are you familiar just, uh, with uh, Eli Rosenbaum from the U.S. Department of Justice? Uh, am I? Am I? No, I don't think Hello? so. Okay. So, yeah. Please explain. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. We, we don't know, yeah. so yeah. go yeah, ahead. Yeah. yeah, we don't know, so go okay, ahead. Okay, great, great. Okay, yeah, this is something else here, because this guy, uh, he's, he's an attorney in the uh, Department of Justice, and uh, he's been picked by, uh, by our illustrious attorney general to, uh, to lead the, uh, the, the uh, war crimes investigation in the Ukraine. Uh, and, and he's been credited with uh, deporting like old prison camp guards, like, like for instance, Frederick Berger, who is 95 years old. You know, living living his life, you know, the twilight of his life in the United States. Uh, he was a uh, concentration camp guard, I guess, when he was probably like 17, and uh, and that type of stuff. So he fingered uh, Eli Roth. Folks, some from Russian war crimes over there. <laughs> you know, we lost you for a split second there. We just lost you for a second there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's typical of them. Anyways, and, uh, and anyhow, I don't know if we're being interfered with, but there's a huge delay, even more so than usual. So I'll I'll cut it short there. And uh, yeah. hey, uh, I was also in jail too for the uh, for the arch crime of defending myself against a young black man and and prevailing. So how about that one? You know, that's becoming <laughs> yeah. a huge problem in America. Okay, yeah. thanks so much that's, for uh, the call there. Uh, Bruce, you know, that's a big problem. I don't know if you have that problem in your part of the world, Pfizer, but in the United States, my goodness, uh, this Jewish government is doing everything it can to basically say you have no right to defend yourself. You're basically a victim. Whether you like it or not, shut up and uh, just take it because essentially you're white, so you, you don't have a right to protect yeah. yourself. About the only state that's really strong right now is Florida. Florida's government and many sheriffs are coming right out and say, please, if they come into your house, please shoot them. Save us the tax, save us the time, save us the money, just shoot them. Literally, we I have, totally agree. We have sheriffs yeah. saying that. So uh, anyways... Uh, we were on with the Boris Johnson thing because obviously Ireland is linked to the UK, whether we like it or not, right? So what is happening with the relative to the two countries relative to Ukraine? Because yeah, your government well, at least has some good activists, strong voices. Uh, I, I'm yeah. not sure we hear that in the UK. Well, the, the big thing here, here at the moment the news is with, with regards to Northern Ireland because, um, you know, Northern Ireland is officially part of the UK and um, with the whole Brexit thing, they had to try and figure that one out because Ireland, the, the, the Republic of Ireland is still in the EU. So how do we get around that? So they had to try and draw a border down the Irish Sea. And so any goods coming into Northern Ireland had to go through customs checks and everything, which is you know, it's ridiculous. So there's a lot of that going on. 
uh, a lot of um, toing and fro, you know, arguing over this and that and the other. I think the whole thing is an actual big psyop. And I, what what I think is being pushed is they're trying to uh, create a united Ireland. Now I'm all for a united Ireland. I'd like to see the whole of Ireland united, but not under the EU. And that's where this is going, I think. So I, I reckon that uh, Britain and Boris Johnson would be quite happy to let Northern Ireland go and be part of Ireland, where which would be then would become a united Ireland <clears throat> under the EU. And I think the same thing is happening with Scotland as well. I think they're looking at Scotland could um, have a referendum for independence and that they would join the EU as well. Um, so there's a lot of... Uh, you know, we could talk for this for hours, Dennis, because there's so much uh, uh, stuff going on behind the scenes. It's kind of difficult to explain it. But uh, again, it's just division. It's causing more and more division and nonsense. And Boris Johnson, as we know, is a complete idiot. You know, his Labour counterpart, Keir Starmer, is another idiot. You know, they're all globalists. They're all the, the usual suspects behind controlling them. So... Uh, yeah, it's just going to continue until the people of the of these islands sort it out. And I think if the people of these islands sort sort out these problems, we can sort out the rest of the world. I really do think so because pretty much I think civilization pretty pretty much emanated from these islands in many ways. When well, you look in many back ways, at our yeah. I I saw uh, I don't know who she was. I think an Indian gal saying that you know this idea that we're supposed to apologize for the British Empire is absolutely absurd. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. there were problems in the British Empire, but the civilization, civilizing effect of the British Empire across the world is second to none. They brought a lot of great things to all over the world, you know, uh, yeah. from the institutions of state to the, to the railroads and engineering and other things. There was a lot, a lot of good that came from the British Empire. And, of course, a lot of good from us Irish people who spread out equally because, you know, yeah. you don't have Australia being what it was for quite some time without the Irish influence, frankly. Yeah. You know, so uh, obviously those islands have been really a fount for a lot of, uh, as you say, civilization yeah. around the world. I actually agree with yeah. that, which was fascinating. I don't think about it like that. Um, Ireland obviously had been under British rule for 800 years, and we weren't treated very well, uh, Dennis, under that empire, to be quite honest. I mean, okay, there was infrastructure built and all the rest of it, but Irish people were treated like dirt. Mm. In, in fairness, they were. And, uh, you know, we got a kind of, uh, our country was divided, you know, you know, and that's uh, the cruelest thing you can do is divide a country, um, particularly an island. And, uh, you know, and then it was all based on religion, you know, Catholic versus Protestant, this type of stuff. And people sniping at each other and, and killing each other. literally. Well, you know, you know, I, know I'm so Irish, religion. okay? I was from the Malloy clan, yeah. all right? I'm sure you've heard of the Malloys, right? Yes, no? Mm-hmm. Malloy? Oh, yeah, I've heard it's a prominent Irish name, yeah, Malloy. Yeah. yeah, so I'm from the Malloy clan, right? And I'm growing up in this Irish, German-Irish family, but the, the Irish are very close. The Germans not, but the Irish are really close. They're always getting together for everything, right? And I swear, mm-hmm. inside the family, because we're Protestant, right? The rest of the Irish, the rest of the family's Catholic. They're all at each other's throat all the time. And some of these guys don't like this part. And they don't like this part. I'm like, growing up as a four-year-old thinking to myself, five-year-old thinking to myself, how stupid is this? You guys are arguing over a freaking book. 
You know, and mm-hmm. who's right and who's wrong? It's like, what's the purpose to all this? Yeah, it used to really kind of Uh-oh. get me as a kid. I never understood why the Irish yeah. were so divided over religion, but they sure were and probably still are. But uh, there's something something nice about it. I'm hearing this um, from uh, people I know behind the scenes who are telling me that uh, former members of the IRA who are seeing what's happening to Ireland now with all this mass immigration and all the rest of it, and members of the UDA, which are the Protestant paramilitaries, are now having kind of secret talks and beginning to realize that both sides have been used by the British Crown and MI5 and all the rest of it. And they've been, you know, uh, lied to. And um, they're thinking now maybe you should come together and sort this out. Well, that so would be that amazing would... because it there is <laughs> there is a need for a military solution. Because Bryce are going into a break. <laughs> It's the Fetch, everybody, inside the iLive Prime Time with our guest Bryzer from Ireland back right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Final half hour inside the iLive Prime Time. Today's date again is the 23rd of June. So, of course, uh, we got, I guess, one more week to go here in June. And then uh, we'll be on to July. And, of course, that starts the dog days of summer uh, very quickly once that July season hits and then into August. So, I'm looking forward to summer already being over, Bryzer. I don't know about you, but it is really, really hot here right now in Riyadh at 110, 112 every day. It's kind of hot, uh, but uh, what can I do? I need to get up to visit you, man, where it's kind of cool. We're having very strange weather here, Dennis. The last few days have been really nice. Um, Mid-20s centigrade, which is what, uh, high 70s yes, the last seconds, few days. Yeah. Beautiful. beautiful, beautiful. But then uh, now it's going to get cold, coldish. It's, we're going to drop about 10 degrees, which is going to be uh, high 50s for the next few days. Wow. And that happened last week as well. And, the, we, you know, they've been spraying the skies here like crazy the, the last six really? months. So You know, I don't, they don't do that here. They yeah. honestly do not do that in the Middle East. Yeah. They don't. I don't. But I do it Yeah, it's yeah. bizarre. You know, when I traveled to France, I had a military police show to go to, and uh, mm-hmm. that was the first thing you notice. You get out of De Gaulle Airport and you get out of the the terminals and you go outside to get get a taxi, and the first thing you notice is spraying. It's like, damn! I've been away for so long, I forgot about this. And it's the first thing I saw coming out of the airport in De Gaulle. It was just so disgusting, to be honest with you, because you don't see it here. Yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to go to a little bit of human interest, if you don't mind, uh-huh. which means talk about sure. Bryzer. Instead of the international, let's talk about Bryzer. Bryzer, you had a show. How long did you do your show? Um, okay, well, I, I started on radio back in 2011. Really? Um, also? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on a radio show, a station called TNS Radio, and we mainly talked about things like law and banking and stuff like that, which was very relevant to what was going on, particularly after what happened in Ireland after the, the bailouts and all the rest of it. And, you know, people being foreclosed on their homes and stuff like that. And, you know, I went through all of that. You know, I spent five years in the courts uh, trying to stay in my home. I'm still here. Still here. I was going to ask you, are you so I'm still glad there? Gonna... So you're doing something <laughs> right, dude. Mabruk, as they say in, in Arabic, which is congratulations. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, so 2011. You know, I, I didn't even yeah. know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. 2011. Okay, yeah, so you're went, talking about law and obviously the bankruptcies and things like that, which you've now applied to staying in your house today to this day. Uh, my goodness, I had mm-hmm. no idea. So how long did you do that gig? Yeah, and then it was enough for a couple of years. And, and then, of course, it all came back to the whole Jewish question, didn't it? And because they were behind the whole banking stuff, and I figured all that stuff out. And and then I left that. There was uh, because I started then talking about Jews, and that didn't go down too well. <laughs> and then we went, I went on to another radio station called Awake Radio. And that, again, the same thing happened. There was a lot of uh, infighting going on, and then I just left it. But then I, because of what I was going through um, uh, with the banks and in the courts, I went back to the guys I knew on TNS Radio who were still broadcasting and uh, got talking with them again. And that's where I met Graham. He he joined that uh, uh, station, but it changed names. It became People's Internet Radio or PIR. And uh, I was on a show there with another guy, Vin, who was the main guy who was who was running it. And then Graham contacted Vin to see he wanted to get me on his show. So that's when I started talking to Graham. And it was only uh, Graham was talking about the, the the Irish Holocaust, you know, the the so-called potato famine. And he was saying that the same thing happened in Cornwall, where he's from. And and I said, well, Graham, you know. Uh, there's another Holocaust, you know, that didn't happen. <laughs> and uh, he had kind of heard about this, but he wanted to know more. So I wised him up to it. And once I got Graham on that, on that, he, he was ready to go. That was a, uh, a dog going for the bone. OK, and he just went full bore on this. And so uh, Graham then uh, had to he got I remember he got Charles Giuliani on, on his show on PIR. That didn't go down well. Graham was kicked off there, and then he was on Renegade Broadcasting for quite a, for a bit. No, for six months before he was kicked off there, because he didn't talk about Jews enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so we decided that uh, let's try and do let's do a show together. And we were thinking, what can we do? And we said, well, we can use Mammy's, you know, Grism's place. And so we did that. We did that for it was. 2018, Dennis. That we started off ago. there. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. So when was yeah. the last show? Obviously, the you know the last show was about this, about this. No, it wasn't about this time last. Year. It was last probably last September, I'd say. And um, um, to be quite honest, Dennis, what happened with Graham really kind of hit me, you know. And I was like, I I just didn't have the mood to to do any more radio, you know. So I just decided I'd pull back for a while. You know, I'm kind of. You know, I've been doing this so long. You know what I mean? Consistently, and we've seen this happen to a lot of our friends. Graham was a shock, to be honest with you, but also Alison Chablot, uh, Jez Turner, yeah. uh, Monica, uh-huh. Monica, um, Alfred. You had the trial against uh, uh, Lady Michelle Renouf. You know, a lot of people that have been on this show have had problems, and a lot of us are quote-unquote boomers. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know what? You guys should be fighting like us. You know, all you people criticizing our generation should be out there taking the hits like we are. You know, I'm lucky because of where I'm at. Let's be honest. If I'm in America, maybe it's a whole different story. 
if you know what yeah. I mean. And I've been very, very lucky because my message matches what the political people here, for the most part, understand to be true. And they like hearing an American speaking some truth. And it's refreshing to them. You know, even I talk to people in the intelligence service, they say, you know, <laughs> it's so refreshing to hear an American actually speak some truth. We're so tired of the of the plastic stuff that comes always from America, you know, that we hear. So I'm lucky in this regard. But, uh, you know, at the same time, as you know, it's a long time. So you've been out for now yeah. a while. You're going to get back in? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've got a few things. I'm kind of preparing for the apocalypse, uh, Dennis. <laughs> I'm getting things sorted here around the house and getting food in. And I'm just getting things done around the house, which I haven't done for a while. Uh, getting an attic converted and getting, you know, just getting stuff that I need to get done, done. Are you, guys, once that's, are you guys having the same problems like in certain pockets where there's just a lot of food shortage and things, shelves are getting uh, short? No, no, there's no real food shortages here. Everything, you know, seems to be okay here at the moment, but prices are definitely going up. There's no doubt about that, you know. Now, didn't your uh, government come up with some loon type of thing that says in order to cut CO2, we're going to have to get rid of a ton of various different uh, heads of cattle, etc.? And just make a yeah, huge problem in the farming. Yeah, yeah. I can't see the farmers going with that one, Dennis. I really can't. But if they do, we're gone well, because the farmers are pretty, you know, headstrong. Yeah. They, they they won't allow that. I don't know. know if you saw thirty thousand put... farmers today uh, yeah. and yesterday going in De in Denmark. Uh, the huge protest with the farmers. Mm -hmm. So. You know these people, these these crazy lunatics have their their plan, but it doesn't always work out. And you know, I always look at the law correct. of unintended consequences. You know, we must we can always we, throw a lot of spanners in the works. Here, we must make it that way. Graham, uh, or Graham, uh, Bryce, we got another phone line coming in two five zero area code. Okay. Hi, welcome to Inside the Eye Life with uh, Bryzer. Hi, Dennis Christen, British Columbia. How are you doing, guys? Chris, how are you, man? Hi, Chris. Good. Hello, Bryzer. Hello to the listeners. Uh, Bryzer, quick question for you, Bryzer. Just wondering, uh, is it possible that there's a reunion when, when, you, when you and Graham get back together again in Freeville, uh, that you might put a show up together again? Any chance? Yeah, unfortunately not, because uh, 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 when Graham was sentenced, he was told that he was not allowed to go on line a lot. No on social media or radio shows for 10 years. That's how crazy that's it is. Ridiculous. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And I was also going to ask Dennis, did you hear about uh, oh, the big meetup with uh, uh, Vladimir Zelenko and, uh, and Ben Stiller? <laughs> you know, I, I watched just the first 12 seconds of it, and I, mean, I thought, this is so silly. I don't care. You know I know, what I mean? this is the big show they put on for us. Here's a couple of faggot, cokehead Jewish comedians that really suck. And <laughs> we're supposed to all be so impressed and amazed and, wow, did you hate it? And talk about it at the wall. Give me a break. I mean, this is, the, this is the best they can do for us. Just complete garbage. Uh, they actually, go flush the toilet. That's more entertaining. You know, actually, you That's are right. That is their attitude, too. Okay, thanks so much for the call. That is their attitude, Bryzer, is that they like to float a lot of crap in our face. And they yeah. were supposed to be, like, impressed. Is woke mm -hmm. culture dying inside of Ireland? 
No, it's still very much alive, Dennis. I've seen really? it around the place. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very it's it's very pervasive. It's you know, but there are a lot of people are seeing through it. People have got a little bit of common sense left are seeing through it. But I mean, an awful lot of people are they you know they've been fluoridated to death. You know, they just you get that fluoride stare when you talk to them about stuff. So yeah, the woke stuff is still quite strong here. Yeah. And how about the LGBTQ? But you know, I don't care about them. I really don't care about them. I, I'm all I'm care about is people who, who really see what's going on and will maybe get something together and do our own thing. You know, I think that's what it's about now. Yeah, I do too. It's kind of like my monologue earlier, where I was kind of joking about the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. The planet was run by the unvaccinated a hell of a lot better than the vaccinator running this planet because it's just mm-hmm. completely failing under a vaccinated yep. regime. You know, these people just don't know how to run the planet. And I'll tell you, uh-huh. our old friend Lee Rogers, I hadn't heard from him in years. I saw something on Gab today, and he said something the effect that the good thing about those who are this leftist believers in the vaccine is that they really are dropping like flies. And in a few years, the only people left are going to be those that uh, were able to resist, and most of us are nationalists or at least nationalist leaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think there's, there is there is a lot of people are waking up, right? But they they don't know. There's so many layers to this, Dennis. They they're, they're only beginning to realize that they're being shafted, okay? And they're trying to figure out well, why is this happening, and you know what's going on, and and they like who's behind it, or what what you know. A lot of people are figuring out the World Economic Forum and stuff. So there's there's some good things going on, and we just have to kind of keep that going. And try and explain to people more about who is really behind this. Uh, but you, you have to be kind of careful because people are just, you know, they, they get triggered very easily, even if they're trying to wake up, you know. You, you mentioned, oh, the Jews are behind this. They're, oh, I know some very good Jews. They're fine, you know. And the poor Jews, what happened to them in World War Two and this type of stuff. So you have to kind of... Maneuver your way through this kind of gently, I suppose, if you know what I mean. And, you know, it's it's a challenge, but, uh, you know, we, we can do it. But once they realize that, hang on, it doesn't matter really who it is, they want to kill you. They want to kill you and your family. Now, what are you going to do about it? That's, that, that's it. That's, that's where I'm going. Now, yeah. I want to get back to, uh-huh. yeah, regarding this, I want to get back to where we left at the break, because I know you and I had talked for, you know, many times, and I, I kept saying, hey, look, you have the, uh, for, you know, you had the Irish, let's just say the uprising against the British through 1991, and basically, obviously, the Brits had more technology, but you, you know, Ireland basically took that to a near standstill, and this generation's been able to do nothing, so now you're telling us that there is now rumors that, hey, look, we are under siege again, and you have yeah. both sides coming together. That's actually an interesting development. Yeah, yeah. It is. Now, I can't verify that. I'm just, I'm hearing, you know, hearsay information. I mean, okay. how true it is, I don't know, but I, I have a feeling it is. I think there's something happening behind the scenes there, and um, I tell you, that would be good because... A lot of these people in these paramilitaries, these are hardened guys, you know. They know how to use weapons. They know about warfare, guerrilla warfare. They know it. 
What's and it? they have the guns are there. They, they, the guns and the weapons are there, uh, right? I don't know where they have them, but they are there. Now it's a different uh, time too. The UK would not be so easy to come to the defense of whatever now. Maybe in Northern Ireland yeah. they could, because they're technically part of the EU, I guess. And maybe they could, maybe they can't. But I would think that yeah. the UK would not be in the same position it was back in the 1990s, 1980s, and 90s. Yeah. Well, you know, the the whole Northern Ireland question is, you know, uh, Britain Britain really does have a, um, a, an issue. Well, okay. What it did in Northern Ireland back in the 70s was pretty despicable, really. They, they rounded up innocent people and put them into internment camps, right? And subjected them to torture. Now, I mean, when I mean torture, I mean sleep deprivation, uh, and things like that, okay? And they broke a lot of people, right? Uh, and innocent people, actually, a lot of them. And that really kind of, uh, that kind of, a lot of the people, you know, a lot of people felt that and realized, you know, we, we can't allow this to happen here. And they, they fought back. They just said, no, we're not doing this anymore. And they fought back. It was the only choice they had to fight back. And they did. And the British Army actually never defeated the IRA. They never actually beat them. But they got them to say, well, let's go into politics. So they had Sinn Féin, which kind of was the political uh, wing of the IRA, got into politics, and they bought them out, Dennis. This is what they do. They buy them out. Mm. And now Sinn Féin, who were a proper nationalist party, um, they were kind of left-leaning, but they were a proper nationalist party, got them in and paid them off, and now they're promoting the global homo bullshit. Mm. But there's a lot of the the old regulars that were there, the volunteers that were there, were saying, no, we've been sold out here. So it'll be an interesting dynamic to see what happens in the, you know, in the future. And, you know, if they come together with the loyalists who are their arch enemies, and the loyalists are beginning to realize that the crown doesn't care about them either. You know, they're just paddies over there in Ireland, that crazy place over there. They don't have anything to do with them. So they're quite willing to let them go. So, we, you know, we could maybe kick something off here. And, we, you know, we had invaders down through the centuries. We had the Vikings, we had the, the Normans and the whole lot. They all came and went. And now we've now, got... Now you have the Nigerians uh, and the Congolese. The Nigerians and Somalians and God knows who else, you know. And... As I say, once once this comes to people's doors, you know, uh, we have an issue in our town here, Dennis. Uh, there's a hotel which uh, ceased trading there about six or seven years ago. It's now what call it a direct provision centre, which is a, uh, a refugee centre, basically. Uh, there's 70 people in there, mainly Afghans in there, okay? They've been causing a lot of trouble around the town. They've been... Uh, They've chased a 14-year-old girl into a petrol station. They're making lewd remarks to the women. Uh, one guy went into a hairdresser shop and uh, made very uh, <coughs> lewd remarks to the woman who was in there. It's been reported to the cops. The cops, I don't know if they're doing anything about it or not, but people are just saying, no, we, we, we were never asked for this. We, we, you know, 
and it's here now in our town. You see, so, so now people are beginning to wake up and say, no, no, we can't be having this. This is not on. Because it literally so, is an invasion. They're basically bringing in a foreign invasion, occupying yeah. uh, entity yeah. and plopping them straight in the middle you know, of your we're town. We're paying for all of this, Dennis. Yes. What I'm hearing is of the 70 people in there, the guy who owns this hotel, and this, this is the worst, even the government are bad. But the guy who owns that hotel, okay, he's getting about 1,500 euros a, a month per guest. So multiply that by 70. You see how much he's getting a month. Them. Oh, that's that's highway robbery. Uh, he doesn't have to work for his customers. He just... And as a taxpayer, the taxpayer is footing that bill. Uh, so, you know, people are going to have to think, no, enough is enough. You would think so. so. You would think there would be recriminations against this owner saying, hey, look, dude, you're making a ton of money to make problems for us. You either shut this down or we shut you down. You know what I mean? That's yep. where this has yep. to go, unfortunately. It's like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're making profit off of our misery. Yeah. And there's been protests at the hotel. I was there a couple of them. And there's been old ladies there, women, ordinary families, like saying, we've had enough of this. These, these so-called guests are causing trouble in our town and are harassing our women. And people are saying, enough, enough. And there's a lot of support around it, you know. But again, you know, the Antifa crowd are coming in and saying, accusing them of being racist and all the rest of it. But, you know... Like a 14-year-old girl chased by three men of uh, military age in her 30s. You know, here, into a here you got to love She it. had to hide in behind a counter, you know? Yeah, here you have to love the Saudis because if you tried that here, you would, mm -hmm. be, you would be arrested immediately and you would be on, after your trial and maybe some time in jail, uh, you would be on the next plane out. They would have zero tolerance for this type of behavior. These are nationalists yeah. here. They don't tolerate that crap. Well, that's what's needed, you know. Um, something like that, a, a strict immigration policy, where you come in on a contract basis. I think that's the way it works in Saudi. You come in that's for a correct. couple of years. That's correct. Then you go. That's correct. No, I mean, you'll end no, up, no. a lot of people here. will end up staying 30, 40 years. Uh, you know, they do. It's not, but yes, your contract has to be removed or re renewed each two, three years, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. Every year, many cases. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's it. Um, I'm not losing hope, you know. I'm still trying to stay optimistic. It's not looking good. We're being attacked from all angles here, you know. Uh, a lot of people who have been jabbed are falling down now. They're either dying or they're seriously injured by these poisons. And people are beginning to see now that this is not on. And also another one was this whole um, trans agenda as well. The, on a mainstream uh, radio show it was called the Joe Duffy Show. Uh, and uh, they were talking about the whole trans because it's Pride Month, Dennis, as you know, Pride mm -hmm. Month. Yeah, wonderful whatever isn't it? that means right and callers were calling in and really uh having a go about this trans trans agenda and what's going on and they didn't like it one bit and they had to shut down all the calls and everything and the the station rte which is the equivalent of the bbc in ireland the government actually called them in and says 
how dare you? Why did you let those calls on your show? You should not allow that. So you see what we're up against here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they really want this. They want your kids, five, six-year-old, to be exposed to these trannies, exposing their private parts at these pride festivals, having simulated sex on the street and this type of Yes. I, uh, I, I could really say things like this, you know, but that, and people are saying, no, enough. And we're seeing more and more people waking up to it. But you still have this kind of very vocal minority who've got, who've got government support and NGO support who've, and, and media support denouncing these people, these parents who say that, oh, uh, by not allowing your children to go to things, you're being transphobic. I mean, Jesus. Anyway, I know. Well, I'll tell you, I didn't think about getting into Surprise Week. I haven't covered it all month, but uh, I guess mm -hmm. uh, that's a great story coming out of Ireland. It just shows everybody how absolutely global this Jewish agenda is. Breiser, we're out of time. Thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, that was a quick hour, Dennis. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks. We'll stay in touch. Huh? Long time no here. Good to okay. talk to you. Guys, that's the show. Inside the Allied Primetime. See you Saturday. Inside the Allied. 10 o'clock a.m. Good night, everybody.